Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's so fall outside. It is so fall outside. It makes me very, very happy. So I, uh, we're very much in like straight fall mode at our house. I feel like September went pretty quickly, but then this last week getting to October has taken forever. Like I would I, agree with that part. I keep looking at the calendar. I'm like, well, it must be October 1st now. It's not. Nope. <laughs> Three more days. That's okay. We, we're we recording this on the 29th. We watched, so it'll be October. It'll be October by the time people will hear this, but last night, uh, my wife and I watched Hocus Pocus. <gasps> I'm so jelly. I thought about that, honestly. <laughs> well, we watched Hocus Pocus for the first of what will be oh, of course. Of course. several times. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who recently posted how he hates that movie, and I kind of want to stop being friends with him. I say you have a former friend. How can you hate Hocus Pocus? Uh, he watches a lot of horror, so it's kind of so do we. childish. I know, but I don't know. He does not like it uh, at all. We actually, so starting now-ish, we will every, like, everything that we watch that isn't Cleveland sports over the next month will be horror. Sure. I think tonight we're doing uh, Cabin in the Woods. Good one. For like That's the hundredth time. Uh, Trick or Treat is another one of our big ones. The original Halloween. No, I'm just mm. naming really good horror movies but yeah I don't, you know it just saying <laughs> which you've now seen twice i did um so yeah uh what are we doing today today we did an interview from uh ala with Lindsay miller who is the author of the young adult fantasy novel mask of shadows um and yeah so we got to chat with her yeah her book is awesome she's fantastic she's super smart um, we were laughing with her because she was very nervous before this, and um, we told her, like, relax, we're not going to try and grill you or anything, but I think we were, like, her first... I think we were... I Yeah, she's a debut, um, and I'm pretty sure we were her first, like, anything, and then to have it at ALA, which is just huge, and um, she did a signing there, too. I remember walking by the Source Books booth, and yeah. she had people lining up to get copies. I, I'm assuming it was very, very overwhelming for I, her can't even imagine i'm glad you mentioned that it's at ala i should i should mention uh when we do these episodes we try to find quiet spaces but this one i think we did we were in the booth we were in Mm -hmm. overdrive's booth and um you guys don't know this unless you happen to be friends of overdrive but our ceo is a very loud talker so i think you hear some some of steve in the background steve potash wonderful man um but I think you'll hear him a little bit in the background, and you'll hear some other stuff. You, the, the the sound quality of our voices is fine, but there's just... It's a warning. Yeah, just the nature of it being at a show. You know, it's only so much you can do. Um, especially at ALAs, there's always sound there. So, um, yeah, Lindsay Miller's awesome. Her book is fantastic. Uh, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they do that? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds, and they can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Yes, they can. Uh, anything else that you can think of? I think that's it. Fantastic. All right. Well, we won't keep you guys any longer. I hope you enjoy this interview with Lindsay Miller on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. 
Hi everyone, this is Adam and Jill again from Team Overdrive, and today we're joined by Lindsay Miller, who's, I'm literally going to read your bio directly from your website like I told you before we started, because I love it. Uh, Lindsay is a wayward biology student from Arkansas. Lindsay has previously worked as a crime lab intern, a neuroscience lab assistant, and pharmacy technician. Her debut novel, Mask of Shadows, is the first in a fantasy duology coming in, in September of 2017 from Sourcebooks Fire. She can be found writing about science and magic anywhere there is coffee. That is so perfect. Lindsay, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Can you start us off by giving our listeners an introduction to Mask of Shadows? Okay, sure. So Mask of Shadows is the story of a gender-fluid thief who auditions to become the queen's next royal assassin, the left hand of the queen, named for the ring she wears. And they join the competition, but it turns out to be a little deadlier than they expected. But that's all right because they have ulterior motives that they're there to execute on some of the people. Very good. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love the idea of having a gender fluid character, Sally, our main character. What went into that idea? I don't know that I've ever seen that as a main character. It's such a unique aspect. So why? How did you come up with that idea? So the way I originally conceived it, I always knew Sal was non-binary, and I sort of credit that, like, I have non-binary friends, so I just sort of always imagine that Sal is non-binary, and I talked to a bunch of people about how I thought Sal thought about their gender identity and how Sal navigated the world and approached gender, and so I ended up with gender fluid because I thought that would be the most accurate term that we have that Sal would feel would be accurate for them. So kind of going along with that, um, you know, having diverse characters is such an important thing in books nowadays, including gender fluidity and, and non-binary. Um, can you sort of speak a little bit about why you think it's so important to have diversity? Yeah, so I decided early on, before I was writing Mask of Shadows, that if I was going to write young adult novels, that I had a responsibility to young adult readers to make sure that I wasn't creating harm in my books and that that included erasing and leaving out large sections of the population by just ignoring like there are no non-binary people in this fantasy world sorry we'll never mention it I didn't want to do that because I decided that erasure was just as harmful as having bad representation so I decided that all of my books had to be a realistic reflection of our world and I wanted to give back because I got to see aspects of myself when I was reading, and I knew my favorite books were the ones where it just was, that I just got to be myself in a fantasy world. So I wanted to do that for my friends who hadn't yeah. seen it yet. That's awesome. I can't believe this is your first novel. You, The yeah. way that you're explaining everything about it and just saying you have a responsibility to it, this is not a question, this is just me complimenting you. It's already like perfectly, no, no, it's just, you can tell that how passionate you are about this. It's, it comes through, and you talked about, you know, having a fantasy world. I'm always interested in talking to authors who write fantasy because there's so much that goes into it. So from a world building standpoint, how did you start creating this world? Some people started with maps, some people, how did you build this world? I'm always impressed by people who start with maps because I'm terrible at drawing maps. So all of my maps are sort of amorphous blobs that don't make any sense, even though I know what they should look like. Uh -huh. But um, I mostly just started with, I wanted to have a gender fluid character 
I didn't want them to have to justify their existence in their society, but I also wanted them to have to navigate the world the way gender fluid, some gender fluid people do in our world. So I decided that I needed to start at a cultural level and figure out what that would be like. So I had two, more than two, but two main clashing cultures that are sort of infecting, one is infecting the other with this sort of very binary rhetoric. <laughs> Wow. Um, you, you talked earlier about how you have non-binary friends and that was sort of an influence. Are there any other influences from your life or your past that have made it into the book? Sal and I share a few things in common. Sal hates tomatoes. I do too. That's the main one. It's there. It's there. I want to make that very important. So uh, before, we go any, before we go any further, but all aspect of tomato, are we talking like from ripe regular tomato to ketchup and everything in between? Ketchup's fine. Okay. No, what about pizza sauce? It's not a fruit. Pizza sauce is also fine. <laughs> Plain tomatoes. Right. I'm with done. you. Okay. They're dead to me. I, I, I'll be honest. That. I like all tomato things, like roasted tomatoes, tomato sauce. I can't do regular tomatoes either. Actually, when I was, this is apropos of nothing, but when I was growing up, my, I was, I'm the youngest of four, and... I desperately wanted my siblings to like me. One of them is behind me talking right now. But our my oldest sister said, let's play Name That Food. And they knew I hated tomatoes. So they made me close my eyes as like a little seven-year-old. And they put a giant hunk of tomato in my mouth. And I lost my mind. No. To this day, I can, I can do tomato soup. I can do ketchup. I cannot do like big chunks of tomatoes. So very much in agreement with you on not tomatoes. Anyway, other things that other. you and Sal... <laughs> I know that's a minor thing. That's my big one. Um, uh, an aspect of Sal's grief, I thought, I did write this after, I suppose it's dedicated to my father for a reason. He died a little bit before I started writing, a few years, I guess. All of it's sort of a blur in time. Um, before I started writing this, he died. So then some aspects of Sal's grief and how they deal with grief are taken from my own approach to sorrow. So it was really important for me to that Sal needs to be a well-rounded person who's also dealing with something that everyone at some point is probably going to deal with. So, did you always feel like you wanted to write a story at, at some point to become a novel, and you, were, you know, were inspired by something tragic that happened, or you know, I'm guess I'm curious how you go from a biology student <laughs> who worked as a crab lab intern, crime lab intern, and neuroscience. How does one make that so, connection? My undergrad degree is in biology, and I'm sure much to the fury of my former professors, I no longer do anything with biology, except read books. <laughs> That's nice. Um, so I realized a little bit too late about my last year that I didn't quite enjoy what I was doing. I was pre-med, and I didn't enjoy it anymore. And because I didn't enjoy it, I wasn't really invested in doing it anymore. And so then I sort of started writing a book while I was supposed to be studying for the MCAT. And then that turned out poorly, which I'm sure was a surprise. And then one of my interviewers said to me in the interview, sounds like you should write books. And I was like, that's absurd. I really want to be here. And I didn't. So um, yeah, after that, I sort of took stock of my life and my choices. But yeah, all of my cool job things uh -huh. were during my undergrad years. Okay. When I was under my professors, sure. who I'm sure are just 
experience. If I can be honest with you, I went to grad school for sports marketing, and now I work at a library company. So I think there are, I think we're all in the same boat where yeah. you, know, you kind of have to find yourself. You and, well, also when you're that, you're 17, 18, 19 years old, and there's people saying, pick the thing you want to study that you're going to do for the rest of your life is kind of absurd. I think. Yeah, I mean, I really loved it, and I still really love it. And there is a medical history probably in a lot of what I do, mm -hmm. but didn't like doing it anymore. Right. Although the crime lab internship was really fun. Yeah, I. That was for one summer. Okay, what were you doing? And I, I'm just I saw that and I'm also <laughs> very interested. I in was, that. I want to say the gopher for the DNA analysis section of the Arkansas State Crime Lab for about six to eight weeks. I can't remember how long. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm like imagining CSI. No, I know it's not really like that in real life. <laughs> It was only a little bit okay. like CSI. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There were some fun things. Right. So you are um, a debut novelist, and, yes. and you're here at ALA doing promotional events. What does that feel like? <laughs> I've said this is surreal about five times already today, and it's very surreal. Mm -hmm. So... Have you, have you had a chance to do like book signings yet today? Or? I'm doing one later today uh -huh. after this. And so I'm sure I'll say this is surreal while it's right. happening sure. and everything is actually in front of me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been walking around to see some of my other friends who are signing for the first time. And then... So you kind of have like a collection of... Yeah, we have a collection of people and we're all crying and filming them signing <laughs> for the first time and taking 500 pictures and That's putting awesome. them in an album. Yeah. That actually kind of goes into having friends that are going through this with you at the same time. What would you say some of your literary influences are, speaking of people that are also writing books? Oh, literary influences. Um, I read a lot of Tamora Pierce growing up, the Circle of Magic series. I was slightly too young for the one everyone knows, the Tortall books. But yeah, Pierce definitely. Um, I want to say Scott Westerfeld. Yes. I read the Leviathan series and all the other ones, but the Leviathan series I really enjoyed a lot for a lot of reasons with the world building and everything. Mm -hmm. um, oddly, Carol O'Connell's Mallory series. It's a detective series. Well, I, I mean, really... that might be Crab Lab yeah. and Crime Lab yeah, and that true. kind of stuff. I yeah. could see that. Definitely liked that one growing up. Uh, Del Toro Quest, Sherwood Smith. That's pretty Almost. good for putting you on it the is. spot. I know. That is pretty good. Yeah, good. Um, is there any books or authors in the YA world that you've been reading recently right. that you're really excited about? I just picked up two. The Girl with the Red Balloon by Catherine Locke and um, Axio's Rebel Soul, but I can't wait to be destroyed by them. Um, I'm sure I'll cry on the plane when reading them, but yeah. I'm really excited about reading those two. I recently had The Forest of a Thousand Lanterns by Julie C. Dow. I can't wait for everyone else to read it so I can talk about it. Mm. It's always the hard part. Yes. I, I can't talk about this book with you yet. Cause that is one of our struggles as well. It's actually kind of like a running joke. My Goodreads account is just all of these books that are comes out in January 2018. Yeah. Comes out, and then you just sit there, you're like, I can't wait for the world to learn about these books. I put like books. calendar notifications so I can remember when the books are coming out. Yeah. So I can yeah. tell people you need to read this book. It's out now or it's coming out next week. Yeah. Yeah. So from a writing standpoint, when you were writing this and when you're writing, do you 
kind of have the whole story plotted out to you kind of fly by the seat of your pants I'm always we're always interested in the craft of writing for you as a writer it's a little bit of both for Mask of Shadows in the sequel I always I've always known where Sal is going to end up mm -hmm. and I knew where they're going to end up in the first book and then in the second book too so I've always known the end game for all of the characters mm -hmm. it's just some of the smaller details of how they get there I figure out like, if I plot something out and then I realize in the moment this doesn't make any sense, there's no way Sal could climb 500 feet of a wall. So, <laughs> and so. do, you, um, do you find yourself trying to set like a word count goal for, for a day or do you like finish off a thought and then say, like, Miss always interested in how people get from word one to the end? A little bit of both, again. Um, I will set a small word count goal for myself and then once I reach it, I'll just pump it up and I'll keep pumping it up sure. until I feel like if I write anything else today, it won't make any sense. So. <laughs> That's how most of my days are, is if I write anything that day, it won't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you talk about how it's, it's Mask of Shadows and it's sequel. Do you have plans for what you'll be writing after that? Have you started anything? <laughs> I have so many things yeah. that I should start. Uh, <laughs> I have all fantasy. One so is it, right. when you say it's all fancy, are you? Do you want to build different worlds? Is that the part that makes you most excited about fancy, or or having like additional stories in this same universe? I like all the parts of it. I mean, I would love to carry on in this universe because mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting stuff that Sal doesn't know about. Because to be honest, they wouldn't really care <laughs> right about it. Um, but yeah, I like building worlds, and I think the part I like most is building characters mm -hmm. and figuring out how they navigate those worlds, because within fantasy and science fiction, you can do a lot of things that you can't do in the real world, so like, I give Sal a chance to just be Sal in this world, mm -hmm. and also murder people. But sure, yeah, of course, I mean, of course. I mean, of course. Well, I hope less people want to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do love the idea that fantasy enables you to, you, you spend so much time creating this incredible world that people, you know, the first, you know, 50, 100 pages of your stories are explaining this world, and so I feel like you deserve, once you've established that and your readers know it, you deserve to be able to write more stories in there. Like, a few examples I can think of is, like, Leigh Bardugo has her Grisha universe, yeah. and she has all these little sub-stories, and other source books authors, Zoraida Cordova, she has built this wonderful universe with this labyrinth lost, and I could just see her going, yeah. so I feel like you could just always, you could take this I story. I know, and I just feel like in the Master of Shadows, you have all of your different you know, numbered characters. That's you have literally. <laughs> I was just sitting there being like, like twenty six different stories right there. Like how they came because once you built the world, people have established like, oh, okay, that's how this fantasy world right. works. Yeah, I've been. I just got asked about that the other day by someone who's read it that wanted more backstory on the, the war that takes place mm -hmm. ten years prior. That's never really explained in great detail because no one wants to talk about that, but is still very much real in all of their minds. I was like, I would love to do that, but also, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. But I would do it. Right, and that's the thing is, it, it's a lot now because this is your first one, but that could be a trilogy in of itself. And yeah. We're just here giving you lots of ideas for no, you. No, I mean, I Not that you don't smart. have a million other things you want to I'm also recording this for my notes. <laughs> that's very smart. I, I think that's a struggle, though, for all fantasy. You, you've built this entire world. And so in order to make the book 
feel authentic, you have to have figured all of those little details out, even if they don't make it into the book. Yeah. So you know all of this stuff that doesn't appear anywhere in the book, and maybe won't, know but you so know it things. has. Right. So, like, you know, though, that it, it matters to the story, yeah. even if it doesn't appear in the book. I love that. I mean, you give all the side characters and every character motivations, but then they never come up except in the small things they're doing. Right. And then, of course, Sal never notices them, or the main character of any book never notices them. And you're just sitting there going, oh, but I wish I could talk about it. That ended up good for them. Yeah. So, yeah. something I love asking debut authors, especially in an event like this, was there, like, a moment that you had, whether it was signing with Sourcebooks or creating, you know, figuring out what Sal is going to be as a character or turning in that first draft or even showing up here. Was there like a moment where it kind of hit you were like, this, my my thing is is coming to the world? <laughs> my child is exactly. here. <laughs> um, sometimes I say it hasn't hit me yet. I feel like it's hitting me in stages. Like when I first saw the art and I was like, this is real and I can touch it. Oh, this is weird. And then it sort of became more real after that, and now it's sort of sliding in there. And I'm sure by the signing today, I'll just be like, this has happened, and this is a thing, and it's real now. So, yeah. You're taking it, but you, you maybe, maybe it's like a duck where on the inside you're like paddling like crazy, but you seem to be very calm on the outside right now. I will say that much. I'm just screaming a lot. <laughs> inter, internal screaming. Internal screaming. My book is real, and it just drags on for a few years. Five years from now, will it hit me? Uh, so, we are, of course, the American Library Association. We are a library company, so we always yes. like asking um, writers, and I, I feel like you have a good story, but um, do you have any stories of, of growing up in the library, going to the library when you were younger? Yeah, um, it was always sort of a part of my life. I was really lucky in that both of my parents read a lot, and I mean, my mom read a bunch of crime novels, and my dad read science fiction, so I was always sort of being dragged back and forth to the library. But, um, yeah, so the library I went to, I still have my very first library card. It doesn't work anymore. They're making me get a new one. I don't uh, live in the same state. It wouldn't work anyway. But, yeah, so my terrible signature from when I was seven is on there. And I used to check out the entire... It's bigger now, I think. I haven't been back in a few years since it's in Arkansas. But the entire bottom <laughs> row of the young readers section, I think, was all of the books that I liked because that was where the fantasy was. Uh -huh. So I would just slowly check them out <laughs> chunk by chunk until I made my way through it. And that was where I first read like Tamora Pierce and I think Sherwood Smith, I first checked that out there too. I will say, when you were explaining this, we're on a podcast so we don't see our hands. Oh. Which we did. No, no, it's okay. We do that all the time. But I was watching you and I was like, I thought you were going to say I would check out the entire row oh, at a I'm time. I'm sure I did that at some point. Because <laughs> well, then my question so was, was going to be how, how many how many books in the library that you check out. That's a pretty good uh, library. Like, a lot. No, I don't think they would have let me. I think the max was 10. Uh -huh. And I think my mother and I always hit 10 uh -huh. That's between amazing. us. Um, I'm gonna. I yes, have to. Go. I'm so jealous. You still have your original library card. I had mine for a really, really long time, and then I think when I was in college, it kind of warped. And my dad, um, trying to be helpful, tried to unwarp it, and it snapped in half. Oh no! And I was forced no. to get a new one. Just tape it. It's He's fine. Like, 
I don't even know what happened to you now, but oh yeah, I was like, what are you doing? So, He's like, it's bent a little bit. I was like, stop. No, mine's. I know exactly what it looks like. It's yeah. a Central Arkansas Library Association, and it's a weird blue tie-dye, and they don't look like that anymore. Right, ours mm-hmm. don't either. And it's completely useless, but it's still in my wallet. Uh, well, it's no, amazing. it's... Okay, that's incredible that you have it still in your wallet. I The library card I have now, it's one of the ones that's on your keychain. Yeah. Which is great, except for the fact that your keychain gets beat up a lot. So, like, it's... I've had this one for two years, and it's... I have to... It's, Peeled apart. So yeah. my new library gave me like a leaf of those. I'm assuming because they knew I would run it into every door right. that I go through. I always wondered why I got the leaf of them, and now I and then I totally understand yeah, why. Now. Absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So towards the end of our podcast, we like to okay. do the nerd nine, nine quick questions. You okay. called them lighthearted yesterday, which I think is a good way. To they are lighthearted. Well, light-hearted we used to say that they're rapid fire, and then every episode, Joe and I would explain that they're not. And then there was actually a iTunes reviewer, so thank you to that one person who was like, you guys, they're never rapid fire, stop saying that. <laughs> and I'm going to call ourselves out, they're absolutely right. So, lighthearted is better. The first one is, what's the last book you finished reading? Oh, no. I know, I am so sorry, I should ask this ahead of time. I want to say Forest of a Thousand Lanterns. I'm always afraid I'll get the number wrong on that title, too, <laughs> so I've said it a thousand times. Do you have a favorite place to read? Anywhere. Anywhere. I've had multiple people tell me in bed this weekend, and I can't, I fall asleep every time, so. No, I would just get really bored. In bed? Yeah, just sitting there. I just love my bed so much that I always end up just passing out. (laughs) um, uh, Do you have anything you would consider a guilty pleasure? I've been playing a lot of Overwatch recently, and I feel super nerdy for admitting this. But yes, I I used to live with a bunch of game devs, and now I have a bunch of games. That is now I can't stop playing. That's awesome. You are in a safe place to tell you to tell us those things. By the way, Uh, are you a coffee person or a tea person? Both. That's that's perfectly acceptable. Cats or dogs? Both. So agreeable with everyone. (laughs) Uh, What's one place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Do you have a favorite food? I don't. I like all food, except tomatoes. Except tomatoes. <laughs> Do you have a least favorite food? We could have gone with yeah. that. Um, and then, if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you go with? I want to go with Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith. Just so that's I can like, stare at her. Yeah. That's a really good one. That's a really good answer. That's a really good one to speak Okay, um, so finally, what do you hope readers will take away from reading Master Shadows? I think the hope is always for me that someone sees themselves in Sal and has that moment, because I think that's really important. But also just, you don't have to justify who you are. You can be the hero or the anti-hero, or if you want the sidekick, you can be anything you want. That's all right. As long as you're not eating tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. as long as you're not eating tomatoes. <laughs> well, I just want to say... I feel like I've angered all tomato no. That's okay. I just want to say you've created this wonderful character, and I'm so excited for everyone to, to learn about Sal and this fantastic world you've built. So thank you, thank you. so thank much you. for joining us today. Thank you so much. This was fun. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace.
welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.